Since its release on, uh, at the end of November of 2022, ChatGPT really, as I said in previous episodes, broke the web and it showed incredible capabilities of uh, current generative models. These capabilities, of course, came uh, suddenly, meaning that you know, for years, neural nets were or seem to be like completely stuck at least until like 2016-17. Then they started to be promising and we understood that as a result of scale, they could be doing incredible stuff. And then suddenly by 2020, going forward with the release of uh, GPT-3, uh, DALI Stable Diffusion then in 2022, and then ChatGPT, we understood how incredible they could be uh, by simply using a scaling uh, approach to the current transformer-based architecture, meaning that you know we could simply use more data for the training, train them for longer, use more parameters, and with that we could uh, have those models improve exponentially. And now with the release of ChatGPT, actually, as I, ex- I will explain, uh, there is uh, an additional component added to it, which is a human-in-the-loop approach by using uh, so-called instruct GPT models that are uh, trained with the humans in the loop, meaning that once the language model is deployed, then a human is gonna uh, uh, be used in the loop to actually improve and fine-tune the model to make it extremely good and less um, able to, more able to give factual responses and less hallucinations. But the thing is, uh, you know, one thing that ChatGPT doesn't uh, really uh, is not really the the let's say the strength of ChatGPT is the ability to give back facts and uh, data or you know whatever is tied to the to a real world experience. And let me explain why. Just a few weeks back as ChatGPT was released, I was playing with it just like many other millions of users. And I did a very simple thing to understand uh, how, you know, what were some of the drawbacks of ChatGPT. I just asked it, uh, you know, uh, tell me what is a four-week MBA and please list the sources that you're going to be using for that. I had to play with it and uh, uh, as, uh, you know, I explained also one of the newsletter issues of uh, the business engineer, um, I explained that I had to play with it uh, with the prompts. So I had to do a little bit of prompt tagging to actually have ChatGPT give the list, list of sources because uh, usually the response that is going to give you is that uh, since uh, it's not uh, connected to the web, it's not going to give you a list of sources. But if you play with it for a few times, I managed at least, uh, you know, at the uh, end of December to have it uh, do that and actually provide a list of sources. The interesting part, not only it uh, gave uh, you know, it um, gave a wrong explanation of what for week MBA was, but it also listed a set of pages on my site which I never had. Meaning, in order, uh, you know, uh, in order for ChatGPT to give an answer that made sense, and as long as the answer made sense from you know from a, an, uh, a stylistic standpoint, so from uh, uh, from a grammatical and then uh, 
a plausible standpoint, the answer made sense, then ChatGPT will make up uh, its own sources, meaning that it would point you to a list of pages on my site which I never had created before, just to justify what is said. For instance, as an example, it said that we had the syllabus that you can look at where there is a program of four weeks which we uh, hadn't, uh, we never uh, have published on the site. So it gave you like reference to fourweekmba.com slash syllabus, which we don't have as a page, we never had, we never published. Because if you understand what the machine was doing, the machine was actually saying, okay, I gave you the, the, the answer which is, uh, uh, is uh, uh, from, a, from a formal standpoint, seems plausible and correct, but in order to justify this answer, I'm going to make up a source. So it was really a liar, meaning that it really made up the, the source. Of course, you know, the, the, the intention of ChatGPT was not that to lie to the user, it was just the way uh, ChatGPT works. So I want to explain a little bit this difference. There was also an interesting post uh, by um, Stephen Wolfram, the creator of Wolfram Alpha. If you know Wolfram Alpha, uh, Wolfram Alpha is actually a computational engine. And I think it's, uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, um, I'm going to leave it in the notes of this uh, episode, but I think uh, this piece is extremely important to understand the difference between ChatGPT and uh, other kind of uh, engines like Wolfram Alpha, which is a computational engine, and why ChatGPT is extremely good in giving a huge amount of answers uh, on many domains, but uh, not from a factually correct standpoint, at least not yet. So if you understand, uh, if you know what Wolfram Alpha is, Wolfram Alpha is really a computational engine. What does it mean? It means that it's an engine that once you type uh, into its, uh, its uh, search box, uh, natural language uh, question, so, you know, uh, for instance, uh, tell me the distance between, like, you know, um, um, uh, Texas and uh, New York uh, or, you know, whatever, like uh, New York and Miami, uh, what it's going to be doing, Wolfram Alpha is going to be getting this uh, linguistic uh, input, so it's going to be getting these natural language uh, uh, questions that we, uh, quest question that we ask to the machine, and then it's going to actually uh, try to transform this uh, input, uh, this uh, natural language input into a symbolic representation. This symbolic representation is actually transformed into a language that Wolfram has created, which is called Wolfram language, and then after this is, uh, you know, um, used to actually give an answer, which usually comes from uh, the uh, curated data uh, that uh, Wolfram Alpha has. So, for instance, Wolfram Alpha has actually, uh, what's the distance between, let's say, New York and Miami in a, in a structured data format. So, once, uh, you know, it's able to break down your, your, um, uh, your question and transform it in a symbolic representation in Wolfram language, then it's going to use that to actually give you the exact uh, distance between the two points. And that's how it gives you, like, an extremely precise factual answer, because that's a, is, there is a computational engine. It works extremely well, but we have to say that there are several components that make it work extremely well as a, uh, as a machine that gives 100% um, correct factual answers. Uh, as we said, first of all, um, it, uh, uh, it doesn't uh, try to actually 
uh, give uh, an output uh, based on the natural language instruction. It takes the natural language instruction, so the question that we have for the machine, it breaks it down in a symbolic representation, and then it gives it a sort of mathematical format that uh, is uh, fetched uh, through uh, its own data that it has about the real world, and this data is continuously updated by humans, meaning that there are humans, of course, that are updating the, data, the uh, database within Wolfram Alpha, which uh, then is used uh, to give you a structured uh, answer which is factually correct. So, for instance, if you were to ask Wolfram Alpha, what's the 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 um, the, uh, the historical revenue, for instance, for Google in the last, let's say, 10 years, Wolfram Alpha is going to break down that answer, is going to uh, represent it symbolically into its from Wolfram language, and that's going to tap it into, into its uh, curated data set of all the revenues that has been collected and then organized in a structured data format that the machine can access and then give you back that answer in real time. So that's how a computational engine works, and that's how um, you know, the, uh, you're able to get uh, factually correct answers. Now, as you can imagine, uh, Wolfram Alpha, something I do like Wolfram Alpha is incredible. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I've been using it for years and um, it's, uh, it's a great tool uh, and you can be 100% confident of what you get because, again, there is a lot of human curation in the data that you find uh, through Wolfram Alpha. However, it might also be a lot uh, much um, uh, limited. For instance, with Wolfram Alpha, you cannot ask the same kind of questions that, or conversations that you can, have, you can have with ChatGPT. It's a completely different thing. So now let me tell you a little bit of how ChatGPT works uh, and how, you know, what um, OpenAI has been doing to actually try to uh, avoid uh, having, uh, you know, the GPT underlying model to hallucinate too much and therefore to give you uh, more factually correct answers, or at least try to not to uh, answer in a precise way when something is not factually correct. Now, ChatGPT is based, um, uh, you know, is, is based on a neural net approach which uh, uses uh, reinforcement uh, learning. I explained already in previous uh, episodes how the, the whole thing works, but pretty much the thing that you need to understand is that when using uh, ChatGPT or like the GPT uh, architecture, you're actually getting an answer based on a training of data that has been used. And for instance, you know, for uh, the, the training of GPT-3, uh, billions of parameters have been used and uh, I guess like millions of pages have been used on the, you know, on the, on the uh, web pages have been used to train the model. But then those have been, uh, those pages have been used to train the model, but then the model is not connected to the internet, meaning it's not going to be fact-checking whatever it's saying. Uh, it can infer from the data that has been used for, for, for the reinforcement learning the answer that it's going to give you, but it's not the scope of the model to give you an answer that is uh, factually correct. Now, for instance, when it comes to uh, ChatGPT uh, specifically, as I was explaining at the beginning, this, uh, of course, uses uh, GPT-3 as underlying uh, in uh, infrastructure. However, uh, to make it more truthful and um, uh, able to actually uh, hallucinate less, um, OpenAI uh, also uh, introduced within ChatGPT, uh, what's called an instruct GPT uh, model, uh, which is pretty much uh, a way to, uh, you know, to, to override some of the limitation, uh, limitations of GPT-3 by having humans uh, in the loop. So once, uh, you know, the, the model has been actually uh, trained with a, with a certain data set, then uh, it can be uh, pretty much, um, uh, you know, it, it can be then supervised uh, 
uh, after that to actually make sure that uh, the 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 trade the, the model itself is fine-tuned to actually give more factually correct answers and even so it's quite interesting to notice that uh, still a lot of uh, answers that we get on uh, ChatGPT are not factually correct. And, you know, right now, again, uh, ChatGPT is not connected to the Internet, uh, so it's not going to be able to actually list necessarily the sources. But the key point is it might not even know the sources for which it uh, is uh, giving an answer um, about so again imagine the case in which we ask uh, you know ChatGPT the distance between uh, you know New York and Miami it, it might get it right if it uh, it can actually guess it from the data that has been used uh, for for the training of the model but then that data might also uh, get lost meaning that it might be that ChatGPT simply does not know how to answer uh, that thing in a factually correct way just gonna make up an answer that seems plausible but is completely uh, not correct so in in other words ChatGPT might have really the the ability also to probably guess the distance between the two cities but yet is gonna be wrong in the in the way it's gonna give you uh, the answer and that's the way it has been built so far of course we know uh, for uh, you know various speculations that uh, the um, successful models of uh, uh, GPT-3 like GPT-4 going forward are getting trained also to uh, to avoid some of those drawbacks that we're getting through uh, the, the, the last releases and through ChatGPT to make them more factually correct, to have them hallucinate less and to also uh, have them cite the sources, which again seem, uh, seems something uh, quite straightforward. It's not for the way those models have been conceived. Uh, again, those models have been conceived to actually give um, answers which uh, make sense, not necessarily which are factually correct or like uh, tied to uh, sort of uh, real-world uh, data. And, you know, here, of course, the problem is technical on the one side, meaning that uh, uh, those models have been trained with an architecture that not necessarily is going to help you to get uh, facts or uh, real-world data. But on the other side, there is also a business uh, issue, meaning that um, if you start connecting uh, ChatGPT to the web and then it can actually uh, cite uh, other uh, sources and do stuff like that, then the question is, um, won't those sources be, uh, be, be listed in the answer that uh, ChatGPT is giving? And therefore, it's going to go in the same sort of issues and uh, domain that uh, Google has been dealing for uh, for. Um, um, pretty much years. So that pretty much uh, that's pretty much you know all uh, for uh, this uh, discussion. I'm going to be tackling more uh, of those topics uh, so that you can understand uh, you know the the really the architecture behind behind those models and the limitations and uh, you know what they can do, but also what they what they're not you know what they're not being structured for. Uh, and those models, again, when you talk with something like ChatGPT is an incredible conversational interface, it may get a lot of things right, but for the way it has been architectured so far, it's not like a computational engine like Wolfram Alpha where uh, it has been um, built in a way that is able to tap into a set of curated uh, structured data that uh, can help the engine to give a factual, 100% factually correct answer. Like ChatGPT doesn't uh, use that sort of uh, uh, you know structured data, curated data that can be then um, pushed back in uh, in uh, in real time. And again, 
uh, here the limitation is that in many cases the uh, answer may not be factually correct and then on the other side of course the uh, the advantage is that you can have a much more um, wider conversation with ChatGPT on uh, anything and many of those things might be wrong yet uh, you know or uh, partially right but uh, they they can improve by uh, tweaking the architecture and using more and more uh, human in the looping approach just like uh, um, OpenAI did with ChatGPT by introducing like destruct GPT um, sort of um, um, model uh, within uh, within um, uh, the the GPT-3 architecture, which has proved actually quite effective yet, you know, a lot of improvements to be made on that side.